Dartmoor, England's last wilderness, a wild and wondrous region where the Tors and Myers remain haunted by the fables and legends of this mysterious place. Welcome to Myths of the Moor. Welcome back to episode 8 of Myths of the Moor. With me once again is my father, Mr. David Hawkins. Hello, good evening. And we're in the brand new studio. Studio as it is, next to the uh, fold-out sofa bed. (laughs) (laughs) All as professional as always, but it is very nice to be behind the mics after quite a long break. Well, that's right. It's great to be back, actually. So what have you got for us today? Well, I thought today we'd talk about a guy that we've actually mentioned several times before on Mm -hmm. the podcasts, but uh, we might uh, this time concentrate totally on this particular fellow, and I'm talking about the devil. Ah, okay. I thought you were going to say, like, Carrington or something, but no, straight to the devil. Straight to the devil. Well, Carrington, of course, is one (laughs) of the great uh, Dartmoor authors, as as we well know. Um, Carrington's Dartmoor, with uh, notes by Bert, um, is one Just Bert. B-U-R-T, yeah, and probably Mr. Bert. Oh, OK, actually. not just a but, bloke called Bert. A uh, bloke called Bert, and, and he annotated the poem by uh, Carrington. Dartmoor. Dartmoor, and uh, really added quite a lot of very, very useful information, which other authors subsequently have, of course, taken on board. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the problems with Dartmoor authorship, that uh, the same myths, pr- usually generated by Mrs. Bray, Yes. Or by our new pal, Bert. Yeah. Um, and they're just reiterated by authors over the generations. But we're digressing. Let's get yes, back right. to the Prince of Darkness, shall yes. we? The devil himself. I suppose we've got to ask first, who is the devil? Well, fallen angel. Fallen Lucifer. angel. Yeah. The opposite force to good. Yeah. If there's a force for good, there's got to be a force for bad. And we've come to call him the devil, but of course others call him Pan or Odin. Mm. And of course, he's very often associated with wild weather and the wild hunt. And in France, it's known as the Chasseur Maudit, the Cursed Huntsman. Mm. And of course, that reminds me of uh, that strange religious sect in medieval France, the Cathars. Ah, yeah. Now, they, they actually believe that God was such a good guy, how could he possibly create anything bad? Fair comment. And so how did they deal with this? They invented another guy yeah. who created all the bad stuff, and they called him the devil. Similar story from Tolkien, of course, with yeah. the uh, with the, the Ainur and the fact that you basically had a, a, a benevolent God who was trying to make everything good, and then one guy that just... Whilst contributing to the effort to make things good, just wanted a bit too much. Yeah. And then just stepped over the line and then broke away and became evil. Yeah, yeah. That's how we ended up yeah. with the poor old dwarf getting tossed around. But, of course, on Dartmoor, how did, how did that end up? Well, we very often think of maybe um, Dewar and his pack of fearsome hounds. Yeah, those hounds all over the shop. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we'll come back to them a right. little bit later on. Okay. We've had, we've had a lot of hounds and dogs, haven't we, in previous episodes? That um, so we may not be able to escape them again this time, but you, you, you never know. But 
I'm just thinking about um, Odin we've mentioned, and of course another name that appears very much in, in the lore of the devil is Grim. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of Grim names on Dartmoor. Right. Let's just think about a few. Um, the best known, of course, is Grim's Pound. Yes. Which is, as we know, having dabbled in archaeology a little bit, is a Bronze Age enclosure. Mm-hmm. Hut circles and so on, where people would, the uh, first farmers would maybe tend their sheep and yep. and live in a happy, bucolic way on the on, on the edge of the moor. But early modern people didn't know anything of that, and they saw these strange circles on the side of the hill and thought, "Oh, that's the devil's work," and so they called it Grim's Pound. And strangely enough, even the more intelligent and well-informed people. I'm thinking now of our dear old friend Polwheel. Oh, yeah. He actually thought it was a court of justice. Oh. Yeah, for strange. Whom? Well, for local people, I suppose. To be judged by? Uh, their peers. Ah, okay, not the devil. Oh, not the devil. No, oh, nothing okay. to do with the devil. No, no, no. But basically, nobody really knew what it was for, so they thought this must be the devil's work. Yes, indeed. And so we called it Grimm's Pound. And, of course... There's an area called um, around the West Webburn area where the Grim name appears quite a bit. So we've got Grim's Lake and Grim's Tor. Yeah. Why? And of course, not far. Just because it's pretty grim. I mean, we've all been up there. The weather's pretty grim. It can be grim. Maybe they were just talking about the weather. Well, maybe they were. (laughs) They got to this tour. Oh, this is pretty pretty grim. grim. Let's call it Grim's Tor. (laughs) Um, And there's a kist vein called Grim's Grave. And, of course, in Norfolk, there's Grimes Graves as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same origin. The people were just obsessed that anything they didn't know about was attributed to the devil. Yeah. So all pretty strange. And now, can I bring us back to our dear old friends, the Perambulators? Oh, yeah. Perambulators of 1240. Yeah. They went all around the moor determining what was the actual boundary of the forest of Dartmoor. And ironically named Forest of Dartmoor, ironically of course, with virtually Forest no trees. Because very few trees. Yeah. And of course we know why. Because the word forest is derived not from a place of trees, but from the Latin word feresta, meaning wild beasts. Oh, and of course good, we get our word feral yeah, of from course. that. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. Um, but of course the perambulators found a place called Grimm's Grove. And strangely enough, although writers have gone over the scripts of the perambulators time and time again, nobody has ever been able to establish exactly where Grimm's Grove was. Hemery says, Hemery, of course, the great modern expert on Dartmoor, said, oh, no, it's not the same as Grimm's Grave, which is a retaining circle, not not too far from there, Uh, in fact, near Cornwood. That, that's an interesting thing. The retaining circle, he, he describes it that the stones actually lean outwards. And oh, he says it okay. resembles the opening petals of a huge flower. Oh, it's, well, that's quite nice. It, it's uh, dramatic and yet somehow strangely yeah. um, sort of pleasant and, uh, yeah. and rural, isn't it? And yet some associate it with the old man himself, yeah. the devil. Very strange. Of course, there's 
many other place names on Dartmoor with a grim element. There's Grimstone, for example. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Yeah. Where do you live? Oh, Grimstone. Mm, that sounds really nice. Um, that's between Tavistock and Horrorbridge. And there's a leet that serves it with water called the Grimstone and Sawtridge Leet. Still flows to this day, apparently. And one of the interesting things about that leet is that it's uh, supplied with bullseyes. Meaning? Not the sweet that young boys used to suck. Or the sort of 1980s television quiz show. Ah, bullseye, which involved yeah. throwing a dart at a dart. Was, yes. was that the one? Yeah. And you won a major prize. Well, major yes. is up for debate, yeah. Yes, which was usually in Austin Metro or something. Well, if you were extremely lucky. Yeah. Usually it was what a sort of basket of fruit. Or, or a washer dryer or something. Or washer yeah. dryer that would... Before even before you got it home, would <laughs> yes. burst into flames yeah, probably yeah. because it was so appallingly yeah, made. Exactly. Also, the work of the devil bullseye. There you go. Almost certainly, <laughs> yes. But it was in and fact, Jim, Jim Bowen. Ah, Jim Bowen. Yep. Yeah. Nothing to do with that. Right. Okay. Um, we, even he, we, even we would not want to associate him with the devil. Would we? <laughs> I don't think so. No, Poor just old a Jim. harmless chap, aiding and abetting the throwing of darts. <laughs> yes. But. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah, yes, back to the bull, bullseyes, bullseyes in the lead. lead. Well, these were stones set into the side of the lead with a hole in them. Okay. Through which some of the water would flow. Right. And you could, well, you couldn't regulate each one because it was carved in stone. But if you wanted so much water a day, you had a one-inch diameter stone. Okay. If you wanted a bit more water, you'd apply from one and a half. Oh, inch. it was an irrigation thing, was it? Well, it was a supply of what they used to call pot water, oh, okay. i.e., water for drinking, to the fa local farmhouse. So, if you only had a small family, you'd probably have a one-inch bullseye. Yes, yeah, so okay. And a massive, great household. That's pretty know, cool. Huge, great bullseye. And uh, but given this leet's connection to the devil, was the water that was was ferried along somehow corrupted to these people? Not in the slightest. Oh, no, that's disappointing. They just happened to live in a place called Grimstone. <laughs> well, you know, they couldn't help it. I mean, that was where they lived. Yeah. So, you know, end of basically, <laughs> as as you might say. But you know, poor old devil, he was all over the place. Hemery. Our go-to expert in yeah. sort of modern Dartmoor law, he lists six devil's place names. Okay. And I'm just going to have to consult my notes here to make sure I don't forget yeah, any of these sure. important places. Devil's Bridge on the River Meavy near Princetown. And apparently in 1853, three soldiers were caught there in a blizzard and they died, which was... Not a good thing for them. Um, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd say not. Yeah. It's pretty terminal, really. Yeah, although. that's it. Really. And later that bend became known as the Devil's Elbow. Oh, and yeah. I can remember as a boy driving out on Dartmoor with with Dad, um, just before you got to the Devil's Elbow, he'd sort of put the Ford Anglia down into <laughs> second gear and say, we're coming to the Devil's Elbow, boys. Uh. Hold on. And it was really quite a nasty bend at that time, yeah. of course. In subsequent years, it's been straightened out and it's not really a problem. Of course, Crossing said, oh, it's nothing to do with the devil at all. The bridge was built by a chap called Devil, a Mr. <laughs> devil, the builder of bridges. Um, That's an unfortunate but, name. Yeah, but it's maybe not that fanciful because you probably know um, in Plymouth there's a place on the shoreline called Devil's Point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was named after a chap called Duval. 
Ah, okay. And so, therefore, you've maybe got that corruption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Of, of the two names, Devil's Point, Duval's Point. Yeah, interesting. Ah, oh, there's another one, of course, we're coming up to that uh, we really like to talk about, Mrs. Bray, don't we? Yeah. And our old friends, the perambulators. Because they used a, a stone um, on the top of Great Mistor called Mistor Pan as one of their boundary markers. And later on, Mrs. Bray was up there, no doubt, with her husband. Um, and she decided it was the devil's frying pan. <laughs> but why? She said it was used on very special occasions. And sometimes you can smell frying bacon. <laughs> um, well, now, the, the devil has a sort of penchant for fried pig meat. Apparently, yeah. Sometimes he would go up there and fry and fry some bacon. bacon. How Mrs. Brain knew this is <laughs> very, I mean, very, very, very difficult. No. But also, um, and, and it's a fair way away, but near Tavistock there's a place called the Devil's Kitchen, mm. which, of course, sounds very much like some kind of modern uh, food outlet, yeah. doesn't it? You know, you go and get flame-grilled yeah, stuff. Yeah. The Devil's Kitchen. But no... In fact, it's a waterfall in a beautiful picturesque part of Dartmoor called Tavy Cleave. Right. And uh, nobody really knows why it was called the Devil's Kitchen. But in addition, of course... Is there a sort of ghostly smell of bacon flowing uh, over the waterfall? Not in That'd Tavy... be great. Yeah, it would. But <laughs> not in Tavy Cleave. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in Tavy Cleave once and we heard quite a lot of gunfire and so on going on at the top of the hill. And... Uh, Later on, we met this group of soldiers. And they said, oh, sorry if we've disturbed your uh, pleasant afternoon, but we've had you under under observation for some time. And <laughs> we, we took great care not, not to sort of shoot you while, oh, that's, whilst that's we were nice conducting our, our military exercises. Oh, great. Thanks a lot. Very good, yeah. We've survived a military exercise. Now, the Devil's Punch Bowl. That's oh. another interesting one. I think this has come up before, the Devil's Punch Bowl. Oh, yeah, but not in a Dartmoor context. Ah, Isn't okay. there a Devil's Punch Bowl in the on the Sussex Downs or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there probably is. But uh, this one is to the east of Heartland Tor, and it's a cavity in the rock. Um, north of Postbridge on the River East Dart, there's apparently a memorial nearby to a schoolmaster who died in 1914. In a blizzard, mm. just like those soldiers. Yeah. The people seem to die in blizzards all over the place on Dartmoor, don't they? Well, in all different kinds of ways. <laughs> One of them was scared to death by a cobalt, if I remember correctly. A cobalt? Yeah. A cobalt's a kind of metal. Yes, yeah. yeah. Wasn't, he, wasn't he scared and sort of fell down a mine? Something like that. <laughs> we Actually, that's interesting because we may well deal with that in a bit more detail in another episode. Oh, really? Yeah, when we talk about... Uh, Curious creatures of nice. Dartmoor. Yeah. But I, I remember, actually, as a lad, um, walking out on Dartmoor back in 1963. Um, I was, a, was with a friend. I think it was Derek Holness, whose cousin became Bob Holness. An another link to a TV game show. Yeah. What's happening tonight? Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? I've, I've only just thought of this. Yeah, Derek Holness's cousin was a famous Bob Holness. Nice. Um, game show presenter. But Derek and I were walking across the moor and there was a chap in front of us on his own. Walk, walk, walk. And then we didn't see him anymore. Perambulating, yeah. Perambulating. Yeah. Next morning in the local Sunday newspaper... 
Big headline, man dies on Dartmoor. <gasps> so I said to my dad, Derek and I were out there yesterday, exactly in that position. Yeah. I think we might be able to you know, help the police with their inquiries. And uh, we were taken out to Tavistock Police Station and uh, spoke to the cops and uh, were able to give them some indication of where this man body would would be found oh, and apparently dear. he'd he'd come down with his family from um the midlands somewhere left them in the car while he went for a walk slipped climbing one of the tours broke his leg got stuck in a crevice yeah and died of exposure yeah. overnight it's a it, it's a dartmoor version of that yeah movie where the bloke yeah. falls down the ravine and has to cut his own arm off yeah, well, this guy didn't have the either ability or foresight <laughs> to cut his arm off. So, I mean, it's a tragic story. It is a tragic story. story. And we shouldn't really make, make light of it, but it just shows it's a dangerous place, dear old Dartmoor. And Taken if, by the devil. Yeah. You see, that's what happens that's if you right. don't take the yeah. correct precautions up there. Absolutely. And, of course, there is a devil's tour. Now, I'm not saying that guy died on... In fact, he didn't die on devil's tour. It was somewhere quite different. But this is a small pile of rocks in the Cowsick Valley, just north of Two Bridges. And, of course, nearby is Beardown Man, one of the highest men here's yeah. on Dartmoor. Oh. Now, was this supposed to be symbolic of the devil himself? Beardown Man. Possibly. But, of course... You can say, oh, it's from the Celtic Vardun mine or something. You know, the dark stone rock. Well, who knows? Who knows? There's a place near Aylesbarrow on the southwest slopes of Dartmoor, which was one of the main tin mining areas. Right. And I've often walked up there, and it's absolutely fascinating because you can find all sorts of relics of the mining industry. And one of the, the unusual things is a series of parallel granite posts with little grooves in the top. And they were used as flat rod carriers. <laughs> I do not know what a flat rod carrier is. Well, I'll tell you. A lot of mines had to be pumped. And, of course, they used water to pump the mines as well as water being an absolute menace in the yes, mines. Yes, sure. Um, so you had a water wheel which had a crank on it. And it drove two rods, which I can't describe this on the radio, of course, but they moved in a reciprocal motion. <laughs> yes, OK. I'm making kind of a reciprocal thing with yeah, my yeah, fingers good. at the moment. Um, and they then drove a pump at the other end of these rods. And okay. so in that way, you could carry energy and effort yeah. over quite long distances over the moors. OK. And you use these metal iron flat rods. OK. So, and you can still see evidence of those... In, in a number of old mining areas. But near here is a place called Evil Coombe. Ooh. Now, I've been to Evil Coombe on many occasions, and it's a rather dark, dank little depression in the ground, but there's nothing particularly evil about it. Didn't hear any sort of ghostly voices? <clears throat> None at all. No. There's a little stream that flows out of it called Evil Coombe Water. Nobody, in, nobody, sort of, strangely saying your name over the wind. No, not at all. Oh, we had that before. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, that was on Gibbet Hill, wasn't yes, it? We, it ooh, was. Yeah. You hear the chains, and but no, this is Evil Coombe, just near Aylesbarrow, and 
Hemery, of course, had nothing to do with the devil or anything nasty. There is a tool that tin miners use called an evil. Well, is there? I've never heard of it. (laughs) It's a miner's iron pick. But when you consider how much tin mining went on all over Dartmoor, why name one place... Yeah. After a specific mining tool. Yeah. I well, mean, it you, could have been named everywhere. In well, case. yeah, exactly. And and you haven't got sort of Hammer Valley or sort of. <laughs> Although Hammer Valley is pretty damn it, good. Yeah. Name. Or Spanner Hill or something. <laughs> less good. Less good. <laughs> but you haven't got those things. No. So why would you have an iron no. pick, coom? That's right. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? No. So I think maybe we say. Thanks, Henry, but no thanks. <laughs> no. We, we, we can't agree with you on that. Now, one of the things we've talked about before is the devil in the form of a dog yeah. or a pack yeah. of wild spectral hounds. Eyes blazing, blazing in the wintry dark. Their jowls dripping with horrible yeah. foam. And these are usually called on Dartmoor the wish hounds or wished hounds. Usually they chase some poor unfortunate and very often you find that they're linked with Wistman's Wood. Oh, yeah. See, etymologically, Wistman's Wood, the wish hounds. Okay. And the story goes very, very deep. In the 1870s, apparently, a guy was found on the banks of the River Yelm, stone dead. And the verdict... He was struck down by the phantom hunt. So even then a court of law... <laughs> was coron- that the official yeah, verdict? Yeah, coroner's court said, yep, struck down by the phantom hunt. <laughs> that's brilliant. Right, tick that box. That's, that's, that's brilliant. Done. Yeah, and that is great. In the 1890s, no The family's got no comeback for that, have they? No one's got absolutely. Well, well, sorry. He was struck down Fa- by the devil. Phantom hunt, you know, what yep. can you do? Yeah, deal with that. Yep. That happens every now and yep. then. And it, it happened right up to the beginning of the 20th century. An Oakhampton man swore that he heard the phantom hunt, hunt in full cry above the town. His horses were restless. And, yeah. you know, and there are other theories, of course. People think they've seen the devil, who's often um, recognised by his horns, isn't he? Of course, the big, horned, big red fella. The horns. horned devil, yeah. yeah I, could, I could pick him, I could definitely pick him out of a crowd. Now, in you, his traditional form, let's can say. you think of another big red thing with horns? Uh, another big red thing with horns: a, 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 an ox or or some kind of giant bull, or a red deer. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you see, yeah. St. Ledger Gordon reckons that uh, the antlers of a red deer are very often on Dartmoor mistaken for the devil. <laughs> uh, yeah, have to be a and, particularly angry deer. The hooves, the sound of hooves on the stone. Well, I Could... suppose you've always got the, the idea of the devil having cloven feet. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. But apparently deer were exterminated on Dartmoor by 1780 at the request of sheep farmers. I, d- I, d- I didn't think that deer hunted sheep. Really? It's a bit weird, isn't it? I thought deer sort of grazed on grass and stuff. Yeah. Maybe they just annoyed them in some yeah, fashion. Yeah, they're, herb- they're herbivores, Yeah, I'm they? pretty so, sure. So... Ah, maybe they ate the grass that the sheep should Quite have been. Possibly. Yeah. So the farmers went out, big flock of sheep. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> Those deer have eaten all the grass. Yeah. What can we do? So 
We'll exterminate them. That's a shame. You know, they probably thought, this is the modern age. It's 1980. <laughs> we don't want all these red deer about. So so let's get rid of them. But... Much... Devil sightings then far yeah. reduced, were yeah. they? Yes. Well, much later than that, there was a farmer from Bellstone. Yeah. And we know Bellstone well. We do. We've enjoyed a very fine lunch Indeed, in the inn there, yeah. I believe. Um, he was out on Tormarsh checking his sheep. And he saw the devil. He saw the horns above the river bank. And he rushed home and he said, the devil's out at Tormarsh. <laughs> so next day, all his... Uh, Don't leave the baby outside tonight. No, exactly. <laughs> all his brave colleagues went out the next day. What did they find? A deer frozen to death. What? In the river bank, in yet another of these blizzards that seem to keep Crikey. appearing on the Yeah. God, that's a bad way to go. But there's another story of the devil told way into the middle of the 20th century. Okay. In the 1950s, the rector of a Dartmoor parish, unfortunately, we're not told which one, firmly believed in the devil. And he said he very often saw mysterious signs chalked on doorways. Oh, that's weird. Or maybe marked in the dust outside somebody's cottage. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. And he was convinced... What, like runic type of symbols? Well, I guess so, yeah. Unfortunately, the story doesn't uh, go any further than that. But uh, it's pretty interesting stuff that uh, a a sensible, well, presumably sensible, Christian minister would actually have to... Well, I think you kind of have have to, don't you? Isn't that part of of the gig, being a priest? If you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil? Yes, because yeah. that's that's at the top of this uh, episode. We spoke about the devil and all his works. Yeah, exactly. Or if, if we didn't, we should have. Um, and uh, that's that is pretty creepy. I think is it the baptism service. The godparents say, "I oh, reject. Yeah, that's right. I reject yeah. the devil and all yeah. his works." Yeah. So yeah, there's no well, point rejecting a bloke you don't believe in, is there? Really? Sometimes he comes to you, reject yeah, or not. Absolutely. And can we go back now to? Um, Another Dartmoor personification of the devil that we have yep. discussed before, Dewar. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there is a place on Dartmoor called the Dewar Stone. Yes. And it's right down on the southwest corner um, where the River Meavy comes off the moor. And it's an absolutely delightful spot. Um, you can drive out there from Plymouth in half an hour and you can be way up on this rocky, craggy outcrop. Nice. But, of course, it is the place over which poor, unfortunate travellers get chased by the devil and his pack of hounds. And sometimes it's sinners or miners, or maybe sinning miners, who knows? <laughs> Even worse. Even worse. Yeah, that's yeah. dreadful. Maybe perhaps they deserve to be chased over the top of... Uh, they should have got their evils the out. They should Yes, evil against evil. It would have can- cancelled it out, wouldn't it? Yeah, brilliant idea. But very often they were chased over the precipice of the Duostone. Oh, really? Crashed hundreds of feet to the valley below. Nasty. And disappear. How true is this? Well, on one occasion, a torn cloak and a cloven hoof print were found in the snow at the top of Duostone. Ooh. Chat was uh, over. He went. Reminds me of a scene in um, Lord of the Rings, actually. Yeah, 
poor Aragorn, poor gets Aragorn chased is chased edge. by those horrible yeah. sort of yeah. quasi wild boar like yeah, beasts. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, who knows? Tolkien may even have reimagined that from the tale of Dewar. Quite possibly. Chasing people over the Dewar stone. The deer could simply be a, a manifestation yeah. of yeah. the devil himself. Absolutely. But, you know, it, it, it's a little bit odd. Why would the devil chase a sinner to his death? You'd think he'd, he'd actually applaud somebody who was sinning, wouldn't you? I thought there was one school of thought that said that the devil and his cohorts were recruiting souls for hell. And this is why they encourage them yeah. to die, because any sinner is going to go to hell and therefore becomes part of the devil's army. Well, that's quite possible. So it could be some kind of diabolical recruitment campaign. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. chasing down yeah. the sinners. Which I suppose is why they would pick up the unbaptized babies. Yeah. 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 So, yep, yep, yep. you know, you'd think it would be the church, wouldn't you, would chase the sinners over the, over the cliff? <laughs> but no, they leave that to the devil. There was a book, and I've, I've never been able to get hold of a copy, but I've always known about it. And it's called Dewar Rides. Okay. And it's a novel, but it was based on all, all of this yeah. um, folklore by a writer called Strong, L.A.G. Strong, okay. written in the 1920s. Um, so if anyone listening out there happens to have a copy, uh, yes. just let us know, because uh, I, I would love to, to uh, see if I could find it and read this book and see whether it reinforces some of the tales we've been talking Definitely. about. At Mr. Zamora on Twitter. Yep. Absolutely. Now, have we spoken before about Jan Reynolds, the tin miner? No. No, I don't think we have. No. For some obscure reason, he was also known as The Purser. Okay. Um, don't know why. But in October 1638, it seems to be very precisely documented, <laughs> yeah. this tale. Yeah, for once. Yeah, yeah, for once. <laughs> he met the devil on the moor two miles from Widdicombe. Hello. <laughs> on Blackslade Down, in fact, near Tunhill Rocks. Okay. And it seemed, it's so specific, this. And he sold his soul oh. to the devil. Robert Johnson style. Did he become an incredible guitarist? Uh, no, he didn't. <clears throat> yeah. And we don't think Mr. it was Tri at a crossroads. <laughs> right. Well, I think Johnson sold his soul Absolutely. at a crossroads, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And how many blues songs are there that begin, went down to the crossroads? <laughs> yeah. Well, certainly the song cro Crossroads. <laughs> at least uh, one. At least, <laughs> at least one. Yeah, and, and maybe there so are So what others. did this guy get in his Perhaps pact with the devil? Really? Well, he got sufficient money to enable him to lead an idle life. I mean, that is a sort of low-rent selling of your soul, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But He basically went on the dole for the devil. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> that seems... He got yeah. a kind of minimum wage. I think he probably could have done a bit better than yeah. that, to be honest. Well... Poor negotiation from... Uh... The devil gave him sufficient money to lead this idle life, but there was one stipulation he made. Right. Don't go anywhere near Widdicombe Parish Church. Very specific. Yeah. yeah. What do you think happened? I think what Jan did... couldn't resist himself. What did this idiot do? Yeah. Well, on the 21st of October... He found himself at an afternoon service in Widdicombe Church. Oh, now, why? Perhaps he'd drunk too much, didn't know where he was, <laughs> thought he'd gone to the pub, and actually, actually was in the church. He sat at the back playing cards. Right. 
Which well, he was living an idle life. He was indeed. Surprisingly, he bothered to go to the church And he at fell all. asleep. Now, the problem is, the devil got to hear about this. <laughs> somebody told him. Yeah, somebody must have said, look, yeah. oh, that Jan guy. You told him not to go to Whittacombe Church. What's he done? There he is. Sat in the back playing cards. Sat in the cards. back playing cards. So the devil thought, right, I'll sort this guy out. Yeah. Um, but first, I'm going to enjoy a glass of ale. <laughs> um, and he stopped at the inn in Poundsgate. He bought his ale, but the landlady noticed that as he drank it, it sizzled uh, as it went down his throat. As he was leaving the pub... Also, it was an enormous sort of seven-foot red fellow with horns and cloven feet. Uh, it's a dead giveaway. No, just an ordinary bloke, apparently, oh, okay. but with a bit of a sizzling... Yes, yeah, sizzling throat. Sizzling throat. <laughs> but... <laughs> He threw the landlady a, a gold coin to pay for his ale. Uh, oh, thank you, kind sir, she said. Yeah. The minute he'd gone out, she picked up the coin. It turned into a dried leaf. Uh, <gasps> so she knew she'd been du absolutely duped by the guy. <laughs> and I think probably what really set the seal on it. Yeah. As his cloak flew back above his ankle, she noticed instead of a normal shoe... He had a cloven uh, there foot. There you go. There you go. So it's a dead giveaway. Must be the devil. Even the devil can't disguise himself completely. That, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So there he was. He hitched his horse to the pinnacle of the tower right. of Whittacombe Church. You know, why not just hitch it to the gatepost or something? No, you've got to fly up, hitch it to the pinnacle of the tower. Sure. Into the church he went. There was old dear old Jan playing cards at the back, so the devil grabbed him by the scruff of the neck, threw him over the neck of his horse, and they galloped off. Now, there's an interesting reminder of this event, not far from the Warren House Inn, which, again, we know yeah. well. You can see also, it's said you can see, but I've never really seen them. There are four fields which are supposed to represent the aces in a pack of cards. Okay. And they were miraculously created when poor old Jan drunkenly dropped his pack of cards <laughs> off the back of the horse <laughs> as the devil was taking him away. Yeah. Where? We don't know. We don't know if Satan lost a game of cards with this guy or whether Jan just drunkenly threw them away. What we do know is that there are these four fields known as the pack of card field. Oh, okay. But there's an interesting, there's a song, isn't there? The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Yeah. In which the devil challenges a guy to uh, a fiddle yeah, competition. Yeah, that's right, fiddle competition. Yeah. yeah. And I just wonder whether there's some kind of connection between those two things. Who won the game of cards, though? That's the question. Who won the game of cards? But in the song, I think it's the, the human fiddle player who actually won, didn't he? Yeah. We just really don't know. There's a place called Tunhill Kistvane. Okay. And that's a popular place for the devil. The old Nick absolutely <laughs> loves it up at Tunhill, apparently. And there are enclosures nearby called Foles Arishes. That brings us back to all these weird things 
the weird place names on Dartmoor. Everything's got a name. Yeah. And some of them don't really make any sense at all. But Foles Arishes is where a local man decided to set up home. He was warned against it. Don't, don't do it. Don't build your shelter there. But he did. And he was never seen again. Mm. Of course, he may have decided that living at Foles Arishes <laughs> was just hopeless. And, yeah. and, I don't know, went far afield to somewhere like Oakhampton or Tavistock <laughs> or even Morton Hampstead, but oh. we, we don't really know. Mm. An, but apparently um, the devil does hang around at this place, um, which is near somewhere called Piltor. Okay. And some stories tell us that Fole, Mr Fole of the Arishes, right. um, was an innkeeper at the New House Inn, and the word Arish means enclosure. Right. But... The word only appears once on Dartmoor. Also, he's called Mr. Fole. Yeah. So he could be somehow connected because he he's like the son of the devil then being a foal. Corrupted. Mm, corrupted, yes. Maybe Mr. Devilson. <laughs> Mr. Devilson. Well, who knows? Oh, but Nick Devilson. Apparently, foals' Irishes are known um, for the appearance of a phantom horseman Riding at breakneck speed on the road beneath Ripon Tor. His silver hair is streaming behind him as he rides. Sometimes, though, he's headless. Yeah. So, presumably, has no hair. Absolutely that, in that no hair whatsoever. You have thought so. Yeah. But how these stories come about is, is really an absolute mystery. Satan did some did quite a lot of going out and about on Dartmoor, and there's a line in the Bible. Don't ask me to give you chapter and verse, <laughs> but there's a line in the Bible apparently which says Satan goes to and fro in the earth. Uh. Mm. And he certainly did that on Dartmoor. Now there's an interesting story when the devil met King Arthur, another well-known hist <laughs> historical, historical character. Yeah. Um, and the Teen Gorge on the eastern side of the moor, not, probably not far from where Castle Drogo now oh, is. Yeah. And you know what the devil's like? He likes a bit of a contest, doesn't he? <laughs> so he challenged King Arthur to a quoits match. Really? Hmm. I always find that a strange game, quoits. Quoits, yes. Because you're throwing a thing at a stick, but the thing you're throwing doesn't, isn't a complete circle. Well, it's a it's horseshoe. A horseshoe right? It's a horseshoe. So I would have thought whether you got the thing over the spike or not was always a matter of debate. No, because I don't think a quoit is always a horseshoe. I think sometimes ah, they are. That would make a lot more sense. Maybe it's just a horseshoe if you've run out of other things to throw. Yeah, at maybe it. They're, they're an annular ring, aren't they? Yeah, so, that's what I would have thought. Yeah. So this this was the challenge. Ah, oh, Arthur, good to see you. Fancy a game of quoits? Yeah, certainly, Satan. I'll, I'll, I'm up for that. So Satan climbed onto the appropriately named Hell Tor. Mm. Mm. And the heroic king onto Blackingstone Rock. Now, we've come across that before, the story of the stolen baby. Yes. And yeah, the ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're pretty far away from each other, though. Yes, Those they... two tours. Well, they're on either side of the teen gorge. Yeah. This gives you some idea of the power of these characters, yes. doesn't it? So as the quoits fell... They turn to stone. And if you go to the Teen Gorge today, 
it's absolutely full of stones. So, I mean, definitely the, story, the, story the work must of the be devil, true, mustn't it? And King Arthur. Yeah, but we know, we know actually that King Arthur was known to be on Dartmoor. He was looking for Guinevere, his uh. wife. Back in the 12th century, there's a story told by Herman of Leon. Nothing to do with the kings of Leon, but he, <laughs> he, was, uh, he was apparently shown the chair and oven of King Arthur. Okay. Oh, and we know that there's somewhere on uh, Dartmoor, which, again, the dear old perambulators made one of their um, waypoints, Fernum Regis. The King's Oven. Oh, okay. And that's where we think he probably smelted tin. But let's talk about one of my favourite devilish stories. Go on. Which I think you may have I may have mentioned to you before. The tale of Branscombe's loaf and cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The story takes place on the high moor between Surton and Corn Ridge. There are two large rocks that stand out from the clitter of the moor. Now, who was Branscombe? He was Bishop of Exeter yeah. between 1257 and 1280. And like most good bishops, he made pastoral visits all over his diocese. Sure. And he was coming back from Lidford one day with his servant, Crossing Corn Ridge, hungry and tired. I mean, we've spoken about how huge Lidford Parish is. So yeah. A massive effort. Um, and suddenly a stranger appeared on horseback. Oh, would you like some refreshment? The devil always seems to speak <laughs> in this strange way. Yeah, okay. Would you like some refreshment, my good man? And he pulled out a rather nice freshly baked loaf, possibly a cottage loaf or yeah. sourdough or something like that, and a very fine piece of artisanal cheese so the poor old bishop oh thought great i'm yeah. really hungry i could do with some of this and then suddenly the servant noticed beneath the cloak and we've had this problem before yeah. the devil's given himself away yeah, again cloven, cloven hoof yep. beneath the cloak knocked the food out of the bishop's hand who'd already you know it was just yeah. about to it flew in all directions, and when it landed, it became these two very prominent rock outcrops, which to this very day are known as Branscombe's Loaf and Cheese. <laughs> That's pretty weird. Fascinating, isn't it? And just yeah. before we finish, yeah. um, I think, again, we've discussed the problem of people who try to build churches at the bottom of hills. Yes. Yeah, Every yeah, time yeah. the devil comes along takes all the stone to the yeah, top of the hill yeah, the yeah. blokes arrive oh for goodness sake down it all comes start to build next morning up at the top absolutely and there's a very good example of this which is St Michael's Church on Brent Tor okay. which you can see if you drive from Tavistock to Oakhampton you look across to the left you can see this little conical hill probably um, an extinct volcano Okay. and in the end the people gave up. They thought, oh, let's build the church yeah. on the top of the hill. And, of course, actually that turned out to be quite a good idea because subsequently the tower became used as a lighthouse. Oh. Apparently you can see it from Plymouth Sound as you're coming wow. in. Right. Returning sailors would see the fire burning on the huh. top of the tower and they think, ah, oh, nearly home. Yeah. And so the church of St Michael de la Roupe or St Michael of the Rock 
um, nice. has become a really well-known landmark on, on that side of the yeah. moors. And it's surprising how many churches dedicated to St Michael are built on the top of hills. Yeah, all because the devil kept stealing the rocks away. Absolutely, yeah. Well, there you go. It's time to put that rotten old devil to bed. And hopefully he uh, stays well clear of uh, all of our listeners. Well, I think we need, as it says in the in Psalm 23, I think, be sober and watch. Yes. For the devil, your adversary, goes about like a roaring lion, <laughs> seeking whom he may devour and whom destroy. Or indeed a spectral dog or red deer. Absolutely. Which is which, we just don't know. Right, well, on that, well, thank you very much for listening, and thank you once again, Dad. Well, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Looking uh, forward to the next one. Yes, we'll, we'll catch you uh, next time, so please check us out on Facebook, look us up on Twitter, Myths and More, and we will catch you next time on the Myths of the More.